0: At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results.
1: My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on money and uh Let's see. We're having kind of a fun series of random discussions about real estate stuff here in today's current world, uh, and it's been it has been fun so far. Uh, my my f- favorite sister-in-law, and I hope <laughs> I hope the others aren't listening. Uh, Sharon McNamara from Boston Connect uh, is with us, and is George still with us, Sharon? By the way. <laughs>
2: George is still with okay, us. George, yes, I George, texted him and he said he is able to stay with us. So.
1: Super. And George, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I caught the maritime mortgage. But your last name, please, just for reference, post post. Thank, post thank you very much okay anyway so uh, folks the, the subject uh, we finished up a little bit the break was 40-year mortgages and I just have to because it's my show I get to weigh in once in a while but uh, but my heart started palpitating a little bit when I read that they had 40 years mortgage 40-year mortgages and actually I I think I might have hyperventilated once or twice so so, 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 <laughs> so, so here we go okay uh, so uh, Affordability, okay, if, 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 if you can afford to purchase a home with a, a, a mortgage of excise and an interest rate, if it's affordable, okay, that's terrific. Okay, my, my definition of affordable is you can afford the mortgage payment. You're saving enough money to get your kids through college while you're doing that. And you're putting enough money in your retirement plans for you to live happily ever after while you're doing that. And after you put those savings dollars away and after you're sure you're on track for both of those, if you can still say you can afford the mortgage, then you can buy the house okay uh and and i i know no most folks don't go through that but but basically i, I think most people buy more home than they can, they should buy or, or can actually afford and i think uh, many folks down the line okay uh basically See that they didn't save enough money, and that leads to you know what? maybe we're gonna have to use the equity in our home to to live in retirement, as in reverse mortgages or other kinds of kinds of things. so so b- building equity in your home, w- w- one that you can afford while you're doing everything else in your life correctly, I'm all for it if you've got all that information working for you sort of a thing, okay um, the the longer out, you know, the 40-year mortgage and i hesitate because the federal government said we make it more affordable well maybe it is more affordable but it's even more of a stretch it's you build up less equity in a 40-year mortgage if you actually stay there versus the other so i i i george i i can't imagine a whole lot of people using that but have you had any experience with it, it just that's as long as folks financially know what they're doing and doing all the other things if they want a 40-year mortgage go for it but it seems to me, like people would be reaching for that 40-year mortgage because it's a a lower mortgage payment. And anytime you have to reach, I think you get yourself in trouble. So anybody else's turn? I'll stop here. Yeah, I'll
0: jump in. I mean, you're 100% right because the further you stretch out and you take a look at that even on a 30 year mortgage, right? You take a, you take a, a peek at that very first mortgage payment, you know, the best part of buying home, that, that first mortgage payment comes to your doorstep. I'm just kidding, but you take a yeah. peek at it and you look at that principal versus interest ratio and you go, how much is getting paid down to the loan? Yeah, huh. right? And you know, that's, and then month over month as it, it starts to become more um, principal heavy with, with each payment that you make, when you set up a 40-year, I mean that's even just um, that much more worsened with a longer term. Um, so I agree, and I, I think you kind of be yes, it's going to reduce your payment, which is going to make your overall life and monthly cash flow more affordable. But it's a 40-year time horizon, and it's going to take that much longer to get into a more favorable principal to interest ratio on the payment and. Yeah, I agree. It's it might be short sighted to kind of be a little bit more comfortable in the near future.
1: Yeah, it's it's just it just it just makes me nervous. Uh, You know, in in this country, the statistics are that there's a a pretty large percentage of folks who don't save enough money for retirement. uh, And there's also a pretty large percentage of folks that are going to need to use the equity in their home in retirement to make the numbers work which which is perfectly fine if it's your equity in your home and you need to spend it on your life in retirement i'm absolutely all for that but if you don't if you don't have much savings and you don't have much equity, okay, uh, yeah, I I think you're in trouble. And that's a fairly heavy percentage of folks uh, in the country. uh, And those are the people who have to be very careful uh, about the the longer-term mortgages. And that's, I feel better now.
2: (laughs) And this brings me right back to where we started in the first half hour of the show, is are people buying too much house? You know what I mean? I just feel like there's a, a generation right now that they want what their parents have, right? Mm. But they didn't see what their parents started with, you know? And it's like, they want to jump right into the granite and the stainless steel and they're not like building it up. That's, that's the part that worries me and stretching it out for 40 years. And I can, because I work with a lot of millennials, I can see the mindset is, oh, well, if my mortgages last, you know, 40 years goes by, by the way, and like a flat, Mark and I, our 30th wedding anniversary is this year. Like, when did that happen? So, you know, 40 to, oh, I'm going to take that extra money and I'm going to save it.
1: No, George, no, 30. no. That's not happening.
2: How, how many people are actually doing <laughs> not, that?
1: Not happening. Uh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. They're going to see Zach Brown in Fenway Park. Right. You know what I mean? For $200 a piece. <laughs>
0: the uh, yep, tickets. yep. So, you're so right in your your monthly influx of you know the money that you make. It is it's like a gas, right? It, it it fills whatever void is there, and unless you've got money allocated to you know every dollar's planned out. Okay, this is going to the kids, uh, you know, uh, tuition savings. This one's going to our investment bucket. The dollar bills are going to be spent. So if you think, hey, I'm going to get a 40 year mortgage, and that's going to free up X to invest or save or do whatever. And if you don't have a plan, it's going to the Zach Brown tickets for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's-
2: P.S. I will be there next week. So. <laughs> well, you have to treat yourself from time to time. Well, you know yeah. what, though? I also have a savings account. You know, you, this right. is just, again, it's, you know what? And I, I said this recently, Michael, to um, we had an office meeting and we were talking about this very subject of, you know, why is it that if the interest rate goes up one percent, people are then pushed out? So are people who are looking at five hundred thousand dollar houses putting their noses up and thinking about how would I ever manage in a four hundred thousand dollar house? You know, what I mean, yeah. I, I just I need all these things. But I said, you know, I'm I'm grateful that my husband's parents grew up in a time of depression where they were you know he was taught those those skills of saving money and doing those things you know with, ps i've been in real estate for 21 years i have been in the same house for coming on 30 <laughs> so you know we it, it's just interesting to me that people are just stretching themselves and at what point do people uh, do they feel they're invincible i don't even understand it
1: yeah it, it's a and i want it all and i want it now kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing uh and my my answer to that is if you can afford it go for it but uh, there, there's just a whole bunch of folks that are kind of out on the edge or, or or pushing it with regard to home ownership and, and costs and stuff and you know it, we always assume or hope that good things happen but you kind of have to weigh what happens if bad things happen you know can you can you withstand what do can you cover your mortgage payments if you're unemployed for a year? I mean, a, a mm-hmm. fair question. This, that, or the other thing. So, you know, you, you just need to kind of do some analysis, and before you tee it up and make a decision, make sure you're comfortable with it. And you know, the, the, the last piece of that is, what's the worst that can happen? Okay, are you prepared for that? Can you deal with it? And, and then you go from uh-huh. there. So that's that's life, right? Hey.
2: Michael, I know that this is your show, but I have a question. Another question for George.
1: Um, That's okay.
2: <laughs> I'm just sort of taking over here. Back, I, I also had a memory the other day, um, and I, the first time I ever went on your show, probably 15 to 18 years ago, I came with a three ring binder full of notes because I wanted to be prepared and a suit. <laughs> you know, um, but George. When you're sitting with people because from a real estate agent perspective, I, you know, that's the first place we're sending them. We're sending them to you. We're sending them to Jasmine. Um, Michael, just so you know, this is these are the people that I went to when I got my own mortgage as well. Already. Yeah, to buy uh, the the office. And when you're. When you're meeting with people, I'm sort of waiting on my end is okay. So, what did George say that you can afford? What is the conversation that you're having with people when you sit down with them to get them pre approved? Like, are you saying, like, hmm, do you think you're stretching it a bit? Or what are these conversations looking like for you?
1: Uh, from my point of view, correct?
2: I was actually I'm from, no, no, uh, asking
1: George. George. No, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yep. I'll be quiet. Yeah, no, okay. and it's
0: it, it might echo what. Mike's advising to his clients and it is a holistic uh, view and yeah we're we're loan originators we get paid when the loan closes right and it's so you'd think that we'd say oh you know buy the biggest house possible that you can get pre, pre-approved for and it, it really is not if you want them to come back <laughs> that's the ticket that's the ticket right and it, it's making sure that it's it's comfortable and that's And there's only a couple mortgage products where in order to get approved for it, you need to show reserves, right? So you could literally buy the house and have 10 cents left over after all the closing costs and all all is said and done. You can have 10 cents in your bank account and that loan's closing, right? Would, would, How you, say scary that, is would that? you say that again? you so, say that again, please?
1: George, say that again, please. I, I I I just I can't believe that. Say that again, please. So there's
0: <laughs> there's only there's only a few different loan products where you actually on paper have to show that you have a reserve is basically a one-month mortgage payment set aside. So increments of mortgage payments. So let's say the mortgage is two thousand dollars. There's only a couple mortgage products that say, hey, you're approved, you can afford the product, you you can get the loan, but after closing, you need to make sure you have six months worth of this $2,000 mortgage payment set aside in tappable funds. So 12 grand left over. For the most part, you don't. So to to get across the finish line, sign the closing documents in just over a month, you're gonna get a $2,000 mortgage payment coming your way at your doorstep. You could literally get across the finish line, all said and done, and only have 10 cents still in your bank account and they're going to fund that loan, is a scary proposition. Holy moly. It, it,
1: it, by the way, is that a, a, an individual lender thing, or are there some government regulations about being license, li, uh, nice and loosening up your requirements? What, what, what's the cause of that, do you think? How does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for instance, uh, typically with an FHA mortgage, the Federal
0: Housing Authority mortgage, you can buy a single family and a two-family get across the the finish line with no reserves. But if you're purchasing a three or four, you're gonna need three months worth of those. So three months of a a whole mortgage payment, three of them set aside. And to get back to Sharon's question um, of that holistic you know the payment, what do you have for the rainy day fund? Because you could be at that closing table and that hot water tank's just waiting for you to get the keys and let go in the basement, right? You don't know what's coming at you. So a lot of the conversations we're having is, okay, here's the payment. We're not factoring in the water bill. We're not factoring in the sewer bill. We are talking to them about it, but in terms of qualifying, it doesn't matter. So it's a total about the total home ownership costs, expenses. What what could you be blindsided by? And to be prepared and talk it through. What's the game plan of how you're going to make sure you have enough in reserves? And I mean, take a thirty year fixed rate mortgage, right? Nice, you, you know, it, it's fixed. You know, all three hundred and sixty beautiful payments, right? That thing <laughs> is not moving but your insurance may tick up. And as we all know, taxes are more than likely going to as well. So mm-hmm. that payment's not gonna be fixed. That's another key thing to, to think about and talk to the clients about. And hopefully income increases over the years to, to match that that increase. But yeah, it, it's a conversation about, yes, the mortgage, that's what we do. We specialize in mortgages, but it's more of a holistic home ownership conversation. You
1: know, yeah, Yeah, only if you want, only if you want them to come back and talk to you again, George. Right? Something like that. Yeah, Yeah. you know. So, the the government. I'm going to get slightly political here, but the government occasionally does some very stupid things, like <laughs> like like lower underwriting requirements on mortgages to make them more affordable, and then people wonder why we get ourselves into trouble. Kind of going down the line for that, and and this is this is a perfect example. So if the government the, the government is going to allow you to not ha- worry about reserves, maybe you need to take some responsibility for yourself, folks, and do a little math on your own to see if it actually works. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know. By the way, George, do you have children? or, or uh, and, uh, four and two and how, oh, that's how old they are correct yep yep well I, I have some good news for you by the way okay as a parent okay with co- with college age kids you can apply for parent loans and the only underwriting requirement is that you're breathing okay <laughs> and, and you can borrow you can borrow as much money as up to tuition every year and the only requirement is that you're breathing. Okay, so talk about <laughs> talk about parallels, okay, in terms of things like that. People, whatever the government's doing, I, I don't care. You need to look at your own situation and see if the math works, okay, oh. and, and do a double check about that because, well, it's just scary stuff. My heart's palpitating listening to that. That's unbelievable. I, I can't believe and, that. But anyway. George,
2: one of the things that you said, George, was is that when you're sitting with them, you're talking to them about, the non-obvious things like the water bill, the trash bill, but do they ever consider the the electric bill, the cable bill, all these other like everyday items. I remember there was a time when, you know, as a listing agent, people would be asking us all the time if they could have, you know, a copy of like, what are, whether the electric bills for, you know, the full year and, and for oil and gas and all these other items. Because that is scary if that isn't being factored in.
1: Sh- Sharon, I'm just laughing at the, the non-obvious term. I, if you get a bill in the mail or an email, isn't it obvious? I mean, what, <laughs> there shouldn't be anything no. that's non-obvious if you're going to buy a house. for. <laughs> no, but I think for
2: first-time homebuyers, Michael, right? right? They, yeah. They're probably yeah. not thinking about a water bill. It, it, well, so well, you know, the water oh, comes into the house. Yeah.
1: What a, do they know a, po- a pox on them if they're not thinking about it. They should, they should be researching this stuff and taking some responsibilities about that. And they and
2: that's the part that's scary, right? <laughs> yeah, that they're yeah. Not. I
1: mean, obviously, we try to help them in our respective ways as best we can. But you know, don't don't people have some responsibility for their own actions in their lives? Hello, knock knock. You know, I
0: mean, and, it's <laughs> it's so well, okay. true. Stop. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's yes. And talk about the electric and the heat bill nowadays with the the soaring energy prices and I'm sure Sharon, you see it now, you know, uh, recently installed solar, is it purchased? Is it in the lease program? I mean, that is a major improvement um, that people are digging into it now. And especially now with current residents where that, that water bill, whether it's sub meter or whatever, they're starting to feel the impact of it. They're like, huh, what are the utilities and how is that being factored in? It, it, it's, it's an important piece to the puzzle.
2: Human? Or just even little things. So oh, Michael, don't laugh at this because <laughs> it's true. You you show up to a nice house and it has some beautiful green grass, blah and then you know, you get in there the next year and it's like, why is my grass green? Well it's this thing called fertilizer, right? <laughs> 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 so like there are so many expenses. Yeah. Oh, how come I looks like my mulch isn't looking the same? Like there are so many other expenses. Wow. And honestly, the the generation the millennials that we're dealing with right now and Gen Z like Tim we're talking about is, you
1: we just want you to know that right? no 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 <laughs> you're not talking about me oh, okay. I understand yard maintenance okay, got I know
2: that it does not <laughs> magically happen and
1: just keep going you don't touch it good, trust me good my dad is a landscaper I know <laughs> these do, things do you have any non obvious bills <laughs> I just want to know about that um, you, you, no no okay good no. okay no. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: but here's here's the thing you're are gonna now maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from so working with Millennials and the Gen Z's okay I also have a daughter who is 27 years old I don't even know if you've heard this story yet um she's quite bright by the way she went to BU Law School she's working at and Gray uh mergers and acquisitions right She's doing great. She was getting married in in Greece.
1: In the real world, how's it going for her, though?
2: Yeah, I know. Well, she's working a ton of hours, right? Yeah. But her rent rent just went up. That's another whole conversation, what's going on with rentals right now. So they're going up in the city right now. 25%. Somebody was 65%. Their rent was going up. Wow. So that's another story. But my daughter, who is so bright, who's getting (laughs) married in Greece... The night before her wedding calls me in a panic. I thought that her fiance got ran over by a car, told me she never looked at her passport and it had expired. Okay, so sometimes the obvious, the day before your wedding in Greece, you know? Yeah. But then I also had a client last week and she's in that same exact age, 27 years old, show up at, you know, Styles' office and she's a love, I love her to pieces and she's like, I think I made a mistake and I said, what? She goes, well, when I was reading the instructions it said to bring a certified check and a certified bank check and I brought my checkbook because they're from the bank, so I assumed that they're certified. <laughs>
1: Sharon, we got about a minute. Keep going with that story. I love it. No
2: <laughs> uh, This is the thing. Yeah. P- is it obvious or yeah. is it not obvious? There the we right right go. Yeah. It's a you different know, language. It's a completely different yeah. Yeah. Understanding. The, the, like, they don't know yeah. what a remote control yeah. is that used to have a wire to it. Wow. You know?
1: The, the, you know, the moral of the story, if you're listening, folks, or, or, or is that, you know, uh, you need to take some responsibility, do some research, and do some heavy-duty thinking about big financial things. And certainly purchasing a home or doing a mortgage is one of those things. We'll be right back. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. I'm talking with my favorite sister-in-law, Sharon McNamara from Boston Connect Real Estate, and I believe George Post from Maritime Mortgage is still with us on the line. Is that correct? Hello, Hello, Hello? I'm still here already? Already? Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Sharon, we've only covered four of 27 topics here. We're behind schedule. I just want you to know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, where, where do you want to, as long as we have George here, George, do you have any th- things you want to chat about that k- kind of either funny or sad, uh, that, that, that uh, have some lessons for our listening audience, by the way? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of,
0: you know, looking at the family situation and I'd love to hear Sharon's, uh, comments About the the multi generational, I I personally own a. a, We we bought a house here in Situate with with an in law, and it has been so fruitful between having the grandmother here with the kids and getting down to the numbers of it all. You know, sharing the Comcast bill, sharing that water bill. I mean, you know, you look at the bill. There's a base rate of forty dollars, whether you use a drop or ten thousand drops, you're paying forty bucks no matter what. And there's there's that uh, economies of scale when you do purchase an in-law um, or have a finished basement, and I, I think that's a brilliant way to um, lighten the burden. Um, and for taking an example, um, you know, five hundred thousand dollars nice house for for a young couple that's starting out, you could push it to a six fifty with an in-law, and you'd actually be saving money. So, interest. I, I just think. It's been very fruitful for us. I'd love to hear your guys' take on that, the multi-generational in the same home. And it's been working out brilliantly for us.
2: Sharon, you go first. Okay. So, yeah, definitely for sure. We're seeing a lot of multi-generational. And I've been seeing it sort of sway this way for quite a few years um, that, you know, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you have, I'm guessing, George, most of the time when you see a family that's purchasing a house, husband and wife are both um, or you know, with significant others, whatever the relationship is, that both partners are working, right? So they then you cost the cost of daycare, as you were saying, it just gets more and more and more. So when we used to have properties years ago that had the in law situation, they were difficult to sort of sell. It was like, well, there isn't Mm. really a big group of people who want this. Now you have an in-law. All you have to say is that you have an in-law. And people, they go quite quickly for the very reasons that you're saying right now, right? You know, you said the grandmother. So I'm assuming maybe it's your wife's mother.
1: Correct. He didn't say, (laughs) Sharon, I picked up on that too. He didn't say my grandma. He said... I love it, okay. The in-law, we have an in-law in the in-law. You, you, I hope she's not listening to this, George. I just want you to know that.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> the grandmother. Yeah. Not, yeah. My, not my mother-in-law. Yeah. My mother-in-law is living in it. The, the grandmother.
0: M- Mimi. Oh. Mimi <laughs> as Mimi. a kid's caller, yeah. <laughs> <Okay. clears
2: throat> so, yes. So, we definitely are seeing more and more and more of that. And the other thing that we're seeing a lot of, in George, you're probably seeing this too, is Multifamilies, with, you know, the way it used to be in Dorchester, right? We had three families and it was called three families, by the way, because it was three of the same families. It was all the families, three different portions of them. The grandmother on the first and right. you know, the kids on, on the other. So we're seeing a lot of that as well. I know we have a 92 lot or unit, 92 unit subdivision in West Bridgewater, where we're gonna actually start doing open houses this weekend. Uh, with my team member Mary Baker and we have their townhouses side by side. We've gotten phone calls on purchasing both sides so they can do exactly what you're talking about now. So I 100% think, you know what, I think it's a good way to go and I do see a lot of people, Michael, we were talking earlier, you know, the person who wants to sell their house, you know, their big four bedroom colonial with, you know, 3,000 square feet of space and they want to Right-sized into something smaller. Well, you can't make that lateral move. So what we're seeing a lot of people doing is selling that bigger house and putting an in-law on their family member's house now there are a lot of things to consider about
1: that. Yeah, I was getting I to
2: guessing. that. Okay, that will be your portion because I know we're on the same wavelength with that. Let's make sure it's a very solid relationship. <laughs> so oh, that's you sure. take it from there. Oh,
1: I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm just laughing about, yep, we're going to the same place, lady. There's no question about that. Uh, I think the yeah. con- concept of an in-law apartment is great. If you have one in place, it's it's easy and it's it's wonderful. And, and I think... Uh, as a trend, it's it's like a wonderful choice for a whole bunch of folks, you know, go forever as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, and, you mm-hmm. know, financially speaking, and, and, and never mind, yeah, having a, a kind of a built-in babysitter from time to time and things like that. So I, I, I think it's a, one of a number of good solutions as folks get older and become single and just want a little company or might need a little help wonderful okay but but when you get to the point about building one or adding on that's a whole a whole different ball game okay uh and from a financial point of view you know, uh, so, so there's the there's the finances, there's the family, there's the legal, there, there's a there's a bunch of moving pieces to go out and do that. Well, I did sell my home, I got some money, go to do, do an in-law apartment. Well, so that th- it can work, but folks, th- there there's a lot involved in that. And by the way, one of the behind-the-scenes things is if you have three children and you move in with one of them and you spend all of your mortgage money, okay, or, or your equity money on the house, how's that work with the other two, if at all, sort of a thing. So, so there, there's some family inequity in, at the kid level, okay, a, a, that may lead to, uh, a, a, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, disagreement or bad feelings or an, any number of things of, uh, about how to do that. So, so, you know, you need to scope that out. You need to get some... obviously some good uh, building estimates you need to figure out if you can afford it you need to figure out if you can cover your piece of who's going to share this who's going to share that so i I think you need a lawyer to draw up some kind of a contract or an agreement so everybody knows what's going on it sounds cruel when we're talking about family but i think everybody needs to know exactly what's going on uh and uh, honestly one of the things that that blows up more frequently than I'd like to admit. As uh, well, you know, the other two or three kids say, "What do I? What am I? chopped liver?" And, how, how, and you know, how, how's this all work? Sort of a thing. Of course, by the way, the one that you probably build the in-law apartment is the one that's probably been taken care of you for the last five years, anyway. Uh, but, that, exactly. but that's another yep. whole story, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, well,
2: I, we have Ben Cody from Styles Law uh, oh, Office perfect. that's going to be joining us at ten o'clock. Perfect. So this will be a re- really good question for him. Yeah, you know, we'll discuss life estates you know because that's the thing that i sort of worry about when people are doing this building first of all i do a lot of new construction i know a lot of the in and outs of permitting and figuring all that out definitely there's a lot that is involved in that so people think it's a great idea let's just even take the town of pembroke for instance oh, I'm gonna put an in-law around my house. All right, well, the requirements are that it can, can't be any larger than 900 square feet of space, I think, or even less than that. Hmm. Um, it, if you have an in-law, well, it has to have a separate tank for the septic system. So most times you're doing a whole new septic system over. So there are so many moving pieces to that. It isn't as easy as throwing, you know, a box on the side of your house and, and going for it. But I do get concerned about, okay, so are you going to have separate utilities? It sounds like George's are maybe combined, so they're sharing those expenses. Right. There are a lot of questions. That's a whole yeah. show, yeah. but it's a really good topic, George.
1: Yeah, ne- never mind a divorce uh, from from yep. uh, the son or daughter and husband or, or wife sort of a thing. I mean, oh, my gosh. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Or, or think about uh, all these other things that happen. Yep. And that we're supposed to be prepared for, right? Yep, yep. So there's divorce, but there's also death, as sad as right. that is, and there's also disability. So, what happens if something happens to, let's just call it now, the parent who owns the main house, which would be George, and the verse, the child would be the, the you know, the parent that's living with you. If you can no longer afford that house, what happens to the parent who just invested their money into this in-law portion? A lot of great questions to ask when you're thinking about this.
1: Not simple, right, Karen? Not no. simple. No.
2: Okay. So George, how did that answer your question?
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it's brilliant it's really because I love the way you guys, um, you do have to scope it out, you know, as Mike was saying, and really look at it, not just in rose colored glasses, right, you've got to look at the worst case, the best case, and somewhere in the middle. Um, and like you mentioned about the construction piece, you know, I field calls all the time. You know, the first-time entry-level buyer, and they go, "Oh, this market's crazy. I'm just going to build something."
1: <laughs> like, oh, okay.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. And, you know, just make sure you're you're. Oh, oh, but I need a I need a loan to buy the lot. I'm like, oh, that's a whole another conversation. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's it you know, the with the building code, and it's all for for good reason to make sure everyone's nice and safe, and structures are built correctly. Um, it is a lot. Let alone just adding on something to your home, you know, from ground up. Um, yeah, it, it's you have this grandiose, and it's oh, you flick a switch, and voila! And it, it is certainly not the case. On top of the the, the family interactions and what the what ifs, uh, which which really are important to go through.
2: Yeah, and it is doable. I mean, I don't want to give our listeners the idea that we're all doom and gloom here. Um, That would be Michael.
1: (laughs) Michael is the most conservative. Let's look at the other side. That's all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. But I mean, one of our agents in my office, their team, Tricia Nick Flynn, very, very good example of this working for them. I mean, his parents were getting a little bit older and they knew that they would be the responsible ones to take care of them. So what they decided to do when the market was good, they sold their first home and they built a, a bigger home for them, their family, and put an in-law on. Mm. It made sense for them. They knew the processes, and they took it slowly. And I think, Michael, when we ended, you know, for the last half hour, we were talking about all. It's so important to have a team in place mm. that is looking at your like our fiduciary responsibility is to you, and I am always looking at what I feel is best for somebody for long-term and financially and making decisions. I know even with Alyssa, when she was looking for a home, not her first one in the the first one in Norwell that she was looking at, she fell in love with this other house. It was on a main road and I had to talk her out of it because I'm thinking about resale value, you know? But I think having a good team in place, George and Jasmine from Maritime Mortgage, obviously a great, Michael, from your perspective, I'm always telling people, all right, well, now that you have that money, from your sales, you need to go to this person. So, I think just having a good team and that has your best interest in mind is really important.
1: Okay, uh, I, I had the the, the third. Uh, I think let's see the the fourth little bullet point I had. I just wanted to throw this out there. <laughs> there. So, g- good reasons for buying or selling, regardless of the market. Okay, so so I want to distinguish wanting to buy a house versus needing to buy a house <clears throat> and yeah so what are the what are the situations that probably determine that people need to buy a house and and where i'm going with that is you if you need to buy a house the market. Would, you, you, you you might be upset about the market, or you might be thrilled about the market. But if you had, to, you got to do it. You got to do it and make it work, sort of a thing. So, so I, I came up with two or three, and I'm just curious if, if Sharon, if you got a longer mm-hmm. list, list than I. So, you know, a, a good reason to need to buy a home. Okay, uh, I, I think a, a relocation, or a, a new job would, would yeah,
2: be... Yeah, that was, that was the first one I was going to say. Yeah, yeah and, you know. and
1: I'm sure I've missed a few here. Uh, yeah, d- d- death of a spouse is a maybe, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, birth of a child is... Uh, probably. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking generically. And then the the last one that I would add, and you've probably seen this, Sharon, is we have a bunch of folks I know personally and professionally who uh, whose retirement plans have changed somewhat in that, in that they've decided to move their retirement home to a new retirement home that happened to be nearer to grandkids <laughs> sort of a yes. thing. But, but are those the boxes or are there some others I've missed? I'm just kind of curious about who those people are. Regardless of market, you got to make it work. That's all.
2: Yeah, and I also think that there's as I was just saying, I mean, Casey is in the South End in Boston, her and her husband Dustin, and um, you know, their rent right now is astronomical in my opinion, but they just well, remember you mayor. live in pembroke
1: rent- Sharon. You don't live in Boston though, no, so you're in, no I'm just kidding. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But those I know, but those people those people, those are the people that I think really should be reconsidering. Yeah, I mean yeah,
1: yeah.
2: paying thirty seven hundred dollars a yeah. month for rent. Yeah. In my uh, okay, eyes, so rent, okay, got it. Crazy. Yeah,
1: got it, got mm-hmm. it.
2: Okay. Yeah, so all these people that now that the rates are going up in the city, will we see that group of people who then just think logically and not emotionally? Like, oh yeah, I'd love to live in the city and I can walk my dog, my little Frenchie to like the dog park and you know, have you know, little treats on my way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that really financially, fiscally responsible? Well, whatever rings your bell,
1: I guess, right? <laughs> as long as you can <laughs> yeah, afford it, oh, right? No. <laughs> uh, no. that, well, that, that's is the
2: question. Can
1: yeah, they? <laughs> yeah. By the way, so it's interesting you said that. I've been kind of paying attention to real estate articles the last couple of weeks uh, in anticipation of the show. Sorry, I saw a, a, one on uh, Yahoo News yesterday, maybe you've seen it, of the 14 hottest rental markets in the country, by the way, meaning the prices went up a whole lot, I guess is how they describe hot rental mm-hmm. market. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, ten of them are in Florida. <laughs> My, yep. uh, Miami is number one and Fort Myers is number four. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in the last 12 months, the, the winner for the biggest increase in mortgages in the last 12 months, Fort Myers, Florida, I mean, in, in terms of rents, Fort Myers, Florida, 31% rental increase the board mm-hmm. one, one year okay and once a section of the world just bonkers just absolutely yeah. bonkers uh, uh, unbelievable yeah.
2: and and to even just bring it again a little more local not hyper local to the south shore but like in boston like i said casey's in the south end hers was going up six percent she was able to negotiate that a little bit yeah and then, lawyers but right? she does the south end board yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, the South End board is. You know, she's on this board on Facebook or someplace, and she was asking everybody what their increase was this year, and hers at six percent was the lowest. She wow. was literally she twenty five percent. Wow. There was someone that was sixty five percent increase. Wow. I mean, that is just astronomical, <laughs> and you know, that's again, we. I know one of your questions affordability. I'm yeah. on the affordable housing committee in Pembroke, and this is where my worry is right now and where my worry was a year ago is there's definitely a delineation between the have and the have not. (coughs) And it's making it very, very difficult for any type of affordability for people to get rentals or to, like, how do you, how does the, how does, I I don't know why I say normal, but how does the, how does a person pay that type of a rent and save? How?
1: (coughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that goes back to my point about it's okay to live in the now, but you got to do a little thinking about the future as you as you go along in the now, sort of a thing. So yeah, a real good question. You know, the other thing, and I don't have an answer, but <clears throat> no, we could, you know, we could renting versus owning is a personal decision that may or may not be reflected in the prices of markets sort of a thing, okay? But but where the markets are, I guess the, the generic question across the board is, so yep, home prices are high, rents are high, it is, it is whatever relationship they had before home prices went stupid, was it more favorable one way or another, or because, or is it less favorable? Is it? Do you, know, you know what I mean? The, both of those mm-hmm. markets have moved in the last three years. For an average discussion, you know, does owning still beat beat renting versus this that, or the other thing? I, I don't know. That the, the the real concern is. Rent versus own for your a personal situation. If somebody likes to walk the dog and chit chat with other people with poop bags in their hand or you know, walking along the, <laughs> the sidewalk in the city, well you know it if that if you're comfortable <laughs> with that and you can afford it fine by the way if you can't afford it because you're not saving for retirement maybe maybe you should move down to the burbs you know or uh-huh. something you know, if, if it's possible but but i you know it's an individual decision like most other things as far as i'm concerned but
2: interesting. and i would say that that's a, a good one we've always go back to this answer is yeah. it really does depend yeah. you know so there you know i would say that george would probably agree that when the interest rates were two and a half to three percent, even up to even now, is it more affordable to own than it is to rent? Do you want to pay somebody else's mortgage, or do you want to pay your own? I mean, these are all the the conversations we have, and yeah. I would say in the long term, it makes more sense, I would say, and again, I own a multifamily Mark and i Mark's actually joined us he hasn't said anything, but um you know, we own a multifamily where we are getting rents, you know that's the the decision that you have to make, you know, do you want to be a renter? Now I've also had clients where it makes more sense for them to rent mm. because maybe they didn't plan well for their future. And what are they going to do with, you know, their their home is their retirement maybe it makes sense to rent and then they're not only renting here but they're renting down in Florida as well. Yeah, they're, they're, we haven't even talked about snowbirds. Yeah,
1: there is there are generic examples I can make easily that is it, much better for you to rent given your circumstances. You know, if you're oh. if you if, if you uh if you're going to go out uh, you know, if you just got out of college, okay, and you want to go buy a home to start building equity, and you're a single person, and you, and you buy a small home, uh, and three weeks after that, you, you meet a lady or a guy, and five weeks after that, you're married, and a year and a half after that, you've got a kid, and, and, and you have a small, you know, maybe you shouldn't have bought that home, maybe you should have rented for the first three or four years in your life, and see what happens before mm-hmm. you get going, or somebody who's a single Person older in life, retired, you know, mid seventies. Okay for warm ups. Uh, just you know needs to needs to get closer to kids. Can't afford to buy a home in the town. Well, maybe you got enough money to rent for the for tr- three lifetimes. You know, and and, you, right. and you're near where you want to be. So so you know, it's not anti-American to rent, folks. It makes sense for mm-hmm. some people in some circumstances and situations. That's all, plan is that. And I also think too is.
2: With the rent, oh, I said sort I of lost my train of thought there too. Sorry about that. No um So we'll just bypass that. I was going to say something about the rentals, but well, I lost it. No worries. I, was, I, well, I was watching a sailboat go by. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I actually, I have a unit of for rent right now, a two bedroom. And it, it's, my phone is getting lit up. And it's it, it comes back to the, the, the supply and demand piece, especially around here because we're in a beautiful place to live, right? I mean, um, I mean, Sharon's got a better backdrop than we do right now. <laughs> but it, it's it's always going to, I think for at least we're right now in a desirable market, the short-term cheaper solution is renting usually, okay. right? It, it's for, for your daughters to purchase, for her to purchase where she's buying, that payment's, what's she paying now, 3,300?
2: I know she's up to thirty seven.
0: 30 but it, at the current market value, if she was to buy that unit, that payment is she probably, would, yeah. it'd be 57, right? So yep. mm-hmm. that buy versus rent, the renting's hands down is cheaper. And if she was more in the burbs, maybe her rent would be 1,900, but that unit would, if you bought it, it'd cost you 2,500 a month. So mm-hmm. renting short term, I think it's always gonna be Lexis, less expensive monthly, but if you take the long-term approach, and you're building the equity, and you're not, you're not. Oh no, here comes my renewal. Where are we this time next year? I'm not 3,700. I'm 3,85. Right, and there's just that lack of control um, on top of missing out on the loan paid out of the equity build. Um, but it, you know, as Mike was saying, it, it comes down to a personal choice too, because you could have rent 10 times over for the next hundred years and it gives you some flexibility to go here or go there and you're not tied mm-hmm. down to it so it definitely is a personal choice
1: it depends on what you did with yeah. the difference between the rent and the potential mortgage with what you do with that money right
2: <laughs> exactly and michael my points that i had lost earlier when you were talking about you know you know you buy that smaller little bungalow and then you meet the woman of your dreams or the man of your dreams or whatever it is um you know that's a good way for people to start with, you know, maybe keep that as their first investment property. And then, because it's a lot easier to take it from there than to go, because when you're doing investment properties, George, correct me if I'm wrong, was it 20, 25% down versus some of these other loans that you can do with 3% down, you know? So it's a good way for people to sort of dip their toe in that investment part. You know process. Yeah. yeah
1: I can tell you guys are in the real estate and mortgages my, my comment to that would be that there's nothing wrong with owning an investment property that lots of time and money won't fix if you get into trouble <sighs> okay uh, and, 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 and 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 by the way if you don't know what you're doing that might be added to the equation so uh, you know <laughs> having a 29 year old uh, sell by the way it, it, this leads up to another question but the, the bottom line is that not everybody's appropriate to do an investment property and that kind of depends on a whole bunch of things but the 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 one question that we got about three minutes and i think this is a biggie so if you're going to own a home okay what's the least amount of time you would tell somebody you got to be there to at least break even on what you paid for it sort of a thing and not risk a downturn and lose money so i'm kind of curious what would your what would your answer to be to that i mean if you move move into a home next week and and the world falls apart two years from later you can certainly lose money selling your home. So, Sharon, what what would you, if somebody asked you, how long do I have to be in the house not to lose, to really lose any money or have a, a good chance at, you know, not being underwater when I go sell it? What would your answer to that be?
2: Forever. (laughs)
1: yeah <laughs> good, good answer, okay <laughs> How about you do? Do you have an answer for that or, or what's the minimum though no, for, is forever the minimum or what, what is it well and,
2: and that's the thing. I guess it yeah. really comes back to that thing where it depends. Yeah. you know it really matters where you are in your life and yeah. what your life circumstances are yeah. you yeah. know for you know I say what we're seeing the National Association of Realtors statistically is saying it used to be seven years, yeah that people would stay in the same house. Now we're seeing 10 to 12. Yeah. So people are staying in their homes longer. Yeah. But I really do think that that comes from a mortgage standpoint right. too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, get yeah. the opportunity to refinance yeah. then. You
1: know, if I was know. to take a shot, I'd say, if you're gonna buy a home, you gotta be there at least five years if you wanna make sure you don't lose too much money. But that that's just, that's just a guess yeah. like anything else.